Well, welcome to the Leadership 360 podcast, where we interview real people with real stories about all aspects of leadership. I'm your host, Chris Moore, and thank you for joining us today. On today's podcast, my guest is Shahid Wazid. Shahid is the CEO of Top Talent Media Inc. that hosts many of Canada's leading conferences, including Top Talent Summit, AI Summit, Financial Freedom Con, and you can find out more about his award-winning work at his website, toptalentmedia.events. Shahid, so great to have you on the podcast today. Uh, great to actually uh, be here, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. Great, and thanks uh, for making time in your evening from uh, overseas. Really, really do appreciate that. So when you know when you think about leadership from your perspective, you know working with people and, and you know knowing different leaders, what are the attributes of a great leader? There are so many, Chris, but I'll just highlight probably three uh, that really stood out uh, throughout my uh, career. Uh, one would be really first one would be vision that I that I feel is so important uh, being a leader. And uh, if without that vision, you know, people uh, tend to get lost and they don't know they're working on day-to-day things, but not really, uh, they don't know where they're going. You know, that's a loss of sense. Uh, or is this work meaningful? Because there's no vision, uh, you know, attached to the work. So I would say vision being number one. And then I would say values also so very important. Um, and as a leader, we should have a couple of values that we can um, under no circumstance actually sacrifice. So that could be, let's say, you know, integrity. That could be any value that you feel so dear to your heart. Uh, and uh, those values, you know, um, our direct reports should know that or the people that we work with. Uh, so they know where we stand when it's a, you know, amazing customer experience. If that's one of the values that, um, you know, our direct reports should know that so that they should know that, okay, when it comes to customers, uh, the experience needs to be really amazing, well and above and, and beyond. Um, so that sort of things. And then finally, I would say contribution, uh, being really one of the top uh, values for, for me. And contribution in the sense that it doesn't matter whatever field we are in, we should always do something to advance it, you know, in terms of knowledge and uh, in terms of expertise. Uh, and anybody can relate to Sometimes, you know, we just work because... You know, it's a day-to-day, same thing year over year. But if we really look around, and that's what really struck me, um, and I would just give a very simple, you know, uh, example from the uh, auto industry. Uh, Every year we have a new model, right, from every manufacturer. And whether it's the design improvement, whether it's, you know, speed improvement, whether it's safety improvement, whatever it is. And, but there's always something better next year, you know, that's coming out than last year. But when you look at so many organizations today, it's the same year over year, you know, so many organizations today in 2020, you know, they have the same policies, they have the same way of doing things just like 2019, you know? So that's what really struck me when I was working in corporate world is that, um, I would always have to do something personally, something something to, you know, improve the work that I'm doing and also for the work of my direct report. So these are the three really high-level uh, values that I always, you know, held dear to my heart. Yeah, it's so important. And, you know, thank you for touching on that because v- values are something that we have inherently that, you know, we either were from our family of origin or our context or kind of, you know, who we are inside. And when you when you stay true to those things, but more importantly, when you show people those consistently over time, then 
it's much easier to understand you. And when and when we understand people, it's easier to work together and get things done. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing that. So what for you, you know, for you in the different contexts that you've been in, what have you learned from from great leaders? I think number one thing that I learned is that they're really master of you know, creating an environment for uh, their direct reports where they can thrive. You know, that is so, so important. Uh, sometimes I've also been in two different situations where I've seen it that sometimes, you know, two, let's say two camps of leadership. So one camp could be um, really it's all about me, right? I want to do this. And end of the day, although, um, you know, you being direct report, you're contributing, but end of the day, the you know, the, all the accolades and everything will be will be for me. You know, that, that's one kind right. of course, me, me, type of leadership. And then other leadership is, um, you know, they really understand the meaning of it. And it's about their people. It's about, it's about us. It's about what can I do as a leader to create that environment for you so you can thrive within, within that work. And, and they don't dictate the specifics of work. And that is so, so critical because... When we really dictate us to, hey, you should do this, it's just like parenting. <laughs> so, you know, if your child is six months old, obviously they don't know any better. So you can say, hey, don't go there because you're going to, you know, fall, right? Right. That right. type of leadership, you know, uh, is, is no good with adults because if you hire somebody, and I think Steve Jobs said it very right, um, you know, one, one of the sayings is, um, you know, you can't dictate to adults that, how they should do things because you're hiring them for their expertise, right? So if you don't give them that freedom saying, okay, you can give them the vision. That's one, one thing, obviously, absolutely. Being a leader, you should have the vision. We touched on that. But once you give that the vision of, of the area where you want to take the field, but then if you dictate the nitty gritty things like, okay, this is exactly how you should do this, then you're really dictating, you know, then you're not honoring their expertise uh, for the which you hired them. And and that's the one of the very tiny, very subtle mistakes that I've seen, you know, uh, leaders make it in, in my career anyway. Uh, but uh, one example that I would give uh, very recently, uh, both of my leaders actually gave me that, my, my, you know, uh, that, that space freedom. And that's why, uh, Chris, you would probably know when I was at the city of Edmonton, I was able to do so many things so fast because right. I had that, you know, environment and, and uh, one leader particularly, you know, he just said, you know, I trust you. I trust your expertise. You are best in what you do. So you just tell me what is it that you want to do and then go ahead type of thing because you know that area and I don't. That And, and it comes with humility. You see, right. uh, sometimes if the leaders think, okay, I know everything as a leader, then it will block you, right? Because you really, once you, you know, really stand in front of your mirror, you don't know everything. In your field. So it's about that humility to say, you know what, um, I really, yes, I, I know certain things very well, but also there are certain things that I have absolutely no idea about. And that's why I'm hiring this person. I hired this expert in this particular field. So now let me create that environment so that that, you know, person who's really expert in that field can really thrive and help the organization move forward. Um, so I think I would say, uh, these are the, you know, some of the things that I have learned from, you know, both camps of leadership. That's great. And I know, cause I know your story. And one of the reasons I want to talk to you is that I know that you, you know, you've been in that position where people have supported you and trusted you and, um, allowed you to do what you do best, which I think for you has led to you doing other things. Right. Yes. And, you know, as, as a leader, we need to hold, 
you know, people kind of in our open hand uh, so that they're free to do what they need to do and not try to, you know, clamp them down and, you know, get them to do one thing or, you know, one thing only or how we think about it. And I, my, my experience has been, and I've told people before, as a leader, I'm only one person with, you know, one mind, but how can I, how can I leverage the collective and, you know, all of the smart people in, when you put smart people around you, then everybody's more successful. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. If you weren't going to share it, I was going to ask you a bit more about that because, because I, you know, following your story, it's, it's really fascinating. So you, what have you, what have you learned about you lately? What are, what are some of the ahas? I think, you know, I always thought uh, that I'm one of the ones that, you know, uh, always takes risk. Uh, but, you know, as you kind of alluded to at the beginning, I moved countries now. So, um, you know, we're living in Malaysia right now. So that was a quite a big move. And a little bit scary uh, because you know this is really you don't know uh, what what are you stepping into and, sure. and the things right so um, that was a scary yeah. so it's it's not like I realized myself that just because you have taken risks before it's not like you are you always be comfortable you know taking risks right. always that sense of nervousness. Uh, when you try to do new things, um, and it was a little bit, a uh, little bit scary. Although you know that uh, you know you have, um, you know, income and everything's coming in, but at the same time, it's still it's a new country. You're moving in. You're not sure. Uh, then also another thing is your spouse. You're not even sure if your spouse is going to like that kind of new country. <laughs> sure, right. Yeah. So, many, so many other things, you know, coming to play, right? So those are the uh, some of the things that that, that I have learned, and also. I've learned to recently because, um, you know, when you work and then you, you do your side hustle, of course, you don't feel it in terms of, you know, you have so much time because you really do, you don't have time because you have your nine to five, you do very well for uh, the employer that's, uh, you know, been honoring you for so long, but then you come home and then you have only so little time, right? So maybe, you know, two to three hours. And that's what I was to, I was to do is you know, probably 7 to 10 p.m., you know, when I was doing side hustling, and then weekends, you know. Right. Uh, but the challenge is when you move in also, uh, you know, full-time with your, you know, own uh, kind of venture, then, of course, then you have this whole, you know, Sunday to Sunday, <laughs> right? So it's it's, right. A, it's a different type of ballgame. So at times, you know, you're excited. At times, like, oh, I got so much time, you know, what should I do type of thing. Um, so it's an adjustment uh, uh, to kind of, you know, with a new way of life, so to speak, because both are so, so different um, you know, in, in certain ways. So those are some of the things that uh, I recently learned about uh, myself and how to adapt to this new environment, new country, new environment, new way of working now. And especially now, I would say, uh, Chris, that in Malaysian time, and because I'm our business is based in Canada and we send emails and so on and so forth. So one of the right. challenges is that, and I've always been of that, um, you know, believe that I, automation is great. I love automation. We do automation with the, you know, conference agenda download and all that. But when it comes to really reaching out, I always been of the belief uh, of one-on-one, right? Not, you know, through a, you know, email marketing system. And that's been working for us for so long because people feel that, that you really care uh, about the other person because you can customize that one single email. Um, and that's been very much of a challenge, you know, after moving to Malaysia because of the time difference. Because at times, you know, uh, me and my, my wife, you know, we work till uh, sometimes, you know, 
uh, till 12 here, but it still is not enough because when it's midnight here, then we're talking about 11 a.m. in Toronto time. And then sure. even worse is 9 a.m., you know, Calgary time. And my next two conferences are one in Calgary and one in Toronto. Wow. So the time difference is, is really is massively different. Um, and so that's been the challenge. You know, one of the challenges is we're trying to cope up with, okay, how do we still maintain that one-on-one, you know, connection, but at the same time, don't lose our, you know, sleep over it, right? So we still have sure. so, so that's been a really constant challenge in moving it. So that's why so you kind of never know what, what comes in the way, but this is some of the things that we're dealing with right now. Yeah, that's that's fantastic, and it's almost like you know you may d- dealing with stuff during the day, and then you go to bed, and you hope by the time you wake up in the morning, you've got the answer, or somebody's come back to you. And yeah, that's right. It's that's right. Uh, you know a little more a little more challenging, but to me, that's you know that's the true essence of an entrepreneur: somebody who's prepared to take a risk, try something new. Yeah. So you've been doing that, and that I guess that wasn't enough for you. You had to add the twist of you know moving countries and working in a different time zone. So you know, good good for you for mixing it up and. And but but also at the same time having have you know having the freedom to do that and the fulfillment in in your work. So thinking about your uh, you know the younger Shahid, um, what advice would you would you uh, would you give him? I would say uh, you know I wish when I was at the university here, and I always say that that I wish that I uh, I could learn more about entrepreneurship. You know when I was hmm. in my undergrad, that is one of the one of my you know, regrets. I, I used to be really always taking initiatives, you know, with the management system society at back at ULEP. And, and that's how, you know, I got to really work with uh, so many, you know, renowned employers throughout my career. But, you know, when I look back, I look at the uh, president of the management system society, Andrew, we're still friends. And, and I always, you know, used to see him like reading books, you know, personal development books, but I never actually understood why you know, at the time. Right. So he was way far ahead, uh, you know, in terms of really developing himself. And that's why he's where he is today, because he had those years to really, you know, kind of process all this information, you know, those four, four, four or five years, where I lost those four or five years, because it had never occurred to me that actually any day I could even own a business. It, it never crossed my mind, you know. So I was always, you know, study hard, you know, um, do well, you know, uh, on exams and then, you know, uh, get to work with, you know, great employers and, and hopefully, you know, you always rise up, you know, in the corporate world. So that was sure, right. always that one uh, directed type of mindset that I had. And that's one thing, because it's a very important point that we're talking about it. I'll touch a little bit um, what I think, you know, a bit not right about our, you know, Canadian education system. And I always mm. say that, uh, you know, with my friends privately, but, you know, this is one thing I, I always think that, you know, when students are going through this four years of, you know, education system uh, back home, uh, it's so important and responsibility of the administration and also at times uh, professors that, you know, you give us both options. I am right. really, um, you know, it's mind blowing to think that I had a management degree and I was never even introduced to entrepreneurship. Sure. Like, yeah. How is that possible? Like you're doing a management degree. Why introduction to entrepreneurship is an elective course? 
like it can be in 2020. You know, you can right, go, right. go to entrepreneurship as an elective course, right? As a management or, or, or as part of the business degree. So you look at, you know, all the business schools that we have. So we have to ingrain this, you know, that at least give both options and then let this, you know, bright minds, you know, make up their minds, like which one is right for them. But if you just always, you know, push that, okay, this, this is one direction because this is the co-op employer, this is what they want and we're, you know, changing our, you know, syllabus because of, you know, your placements that you may have. So you're really pushing all these students into one direction that, you know, the bright ones or the brightest ones will figure things out. Like Andrew, for example, I, I talked to you about, like he already knew that he had to, you know, kind of around uh, himself and he used to study all this, you know, Dale Carnegie books and, you know, all this personal development, but I didn't even know that I, right. you know, had to even venture in that area. So folks like me, for example, who kind of, you know, go through the system and they feel like, okay, that that's probably the right because you don't know any better. Um, I think those folks are being disadvantaged, you know, at some point through our university years. Um, so this is something, it's, it's, it's something uh, quite, um, you know, uh, dear to my heart that this topic is so many people may be losing out, you know, those university years. My next question is, so what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I, I, I feel that there's something, you know, something <laughs> cooking there. Um, and, and, and you know, because you've, you know, yeah. since you've been doing your own thing or out on your own, you've probably read more of those books. And, and you know that a lot of the, a lot of the leaders, a lot That's of the right. entrepreneurs, people that started things, you know, companies that, that we know of, um, a lot of them didn't even graduate university. Right? So there's, you know, it's, the point That's that right. you raise, I think, is really... How can how can entrepreneurship be introduced as core, not as not as an option, and give 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 people those options to, you know, to understand That's and it. to choose. So what um you know what what have you seen and experienced in terms of fear and courage and leadership? And I ask the question because I truly believe that the you know leaders who you know do the right thing or get the right things done or just pursue what they know is is the right thing to pursue do that because they have courage to lead and, you know, and, and, but there's some people who, you know, believe that you should yeah. have fear and courage kind of, you know, two sides of the coin. What's, what's your perspective on, on that? And what's some of your experience with that? Absolutely. Um, I think, uh, it, it, you know, it is so true because when you're doing something new, uh, it, it's always that feeling that you're not sure if it will be successful. Um, so that fear is there, but at the same time, whenever I used to take a lot of initiatives uh, back at work, um, I used to think that, you know, this is for advancing and it's trial and error. And if we don't try, we don't learn. And the thing is, there is no way we can innovate without, you know, trying new things. It just never happened. And that's one thing that people sometimes don't understand. They think that, oh, you know, we'll just improve things. It'll just happen. You know, it will not happen uh, unless we try new things. And, and try, with trying new things, some things will work and some things will not work. But what I've seen is that, you know, in my case also, over 80% of the things will work out. And it's only a few things that don't. But right. in our mind, perhaps, we think that 80% of the, of the times will fail. And only 20% chances that we're going to succeed. And that's what people, you know, probably sure. so many folks because they're so overwhelmed with the fear that maybe perhaps, you know, and, and you raised one good point is that perhaps, you know, through the childhood, through, through the university years, maybe something happened and, you know, that fear is always there, that they tried something new 
didn't work out. So probably they're carrying that baggage with them, uh, saying that, hey, I know from my first experience that, you know, I try these things and, you know, most likely I'll, I'll fail. So I'm, it's better just not try because I'm going to look, you know, foolish in front of my boss and my colleagues and so on and so forth. That aspect is there as well. Mm. Um, and then courage is, of course, you know, when you have that sense of contribution, sense of vision, then I think courage comes with it. Because if a person really feels that I want to, that's that's the thing, you know, all the professionals, it's about whether or not you want to maintain the status quo or you want to contribute. You know, there's really no third option. Um, because, you know, university years, like what we are taught, really, it's very basics. You know, how to learn, how to do certain things. But when you go into the, you know, work world, 80% of the information we learned is obsolete anyway, right? So at that point, you're really learning right. on yeah. the job. And then at that point, you have that option once you master that, okay, this is the A to Z that I'm supposed to be doing at work. At that point, once you kind of know, okay, this is my field at that point, everyone makes that decision whether I'm going to keep doing this until I retire or do I really want to make a significant contribution to my field? And I think another key thing that comes from courage and fear is that sense of fulfillment. I really sincerely believe that, you know, folks who don't take initiatives, it's very difficult to get that sense of fulfillment at work, uh, right? It's just day to day, you know, you punch in, punch out, you know, salary is being deposited and you're, you know, um, your, your family's there and, you know, a little bit of vacation here and there. But really we spend so much time. So where do we get, you know, the sense of fulfillment from work if we're not doing anything new, if we're doing exactly the same thing as 2019? You know, let's say 2020, nothing new, not even 20%, you know, new things. Mm -hmm. We're not trying anything new, nothing at all. So it's just you repeating 2019 all over again. So I'm very doubtful in the fact that you're really getting that fulfillment from work, you know, if you're repeating everything from last year. So I think, you know, also folks who, and we touched about that a little bit last time we talked about, is that maybe, I'm not sure, but maybe this, you know, risk-taking behavior is it is something that uh, certain people have and certain people don't. I'm not sure you can develop it. You know, there's so many theories, right? Every person is so complicated, Chris, right? We're human beings, right? So it's very difficult. Right. It's very difficult to point right. out. Sometimes, you know, I read this research stories, but again, feel like we don't know, you know, every single person is is so complex, right? In every different way, biology to everything, right? That we think that we that way the things develop sure. and so on and so forth. So maybe you can develop this risk-taking behavior through uh, different you know, trial and errors. But what I've seen in my, in, in my work is that folks who take risks, they always take, take, you know, take risks and they want to do certain new things. They, they're always out there, you know, putting their neck out there, trying to do new things. And they understand the risk of you know, uh, not being successful all the time, but they still they do it because that's their oxygen, right? That that's who they are. Versus, right. you know, folks also I've seen on the other side, right. you know, they're very happy. And no, I'm not judging here, you know, no right and wrong, but it's it's just their mindset of work. You know, you just go, you know, you just do what you're asked for and that's it, right? And then, you know, your work is done um, and then move on. Um, so I'm not sure how you develop this risk taking, um, you know, attitude that we can say or mindset. But this is so crucial, uh, crucial if uh, we really want to contribute. 
again, to the field that we're in. And uh, even working and with the invent of social media and so on and so forth, uh, another quick thing I will, you know, on the side note, I will, I will uh, include is that so many leaders also think sometimes that, um, you know, this side hustle is becoming very popular now. And uh, so many people are having their own side hustle for many different reasons, right? Uh, sometimes, you know, it's for economic reasons. Right. Sometimes it's fun. It's, you know, a hobby. And then they just say, okay, let's see what happens, whatnot. But this is becoming uh, quite a reality now that leaders need to understand um, that, you know, maybe even 50 or more than 50% of the folks can have their side hustle, you know, moving forward uh, with the economy and everything, right? So right. how do you handle this? Because this is not traditional, you know, leadership. You, have, you haven't seen this, you know, in your folks, right? That people sure. are having, you know, side hustles on the side. Um, and I had had uh, my own struggles before too, right? So, you know, there's so many struggles come, come with it is that especially folks who just started, uh, when you started, I mean, right now, because, you know, we don't have a boss, let's say, so it's, it's easier that way. But when you have a boss, you're reporting to somebody and then, of course, your colleagues and, you know, some colleagues may not feel right about this. And then, you know, they create a, you know, cook up a story. And I had all those. So, and you said, OK, what you're going to do about it. So I'm actually creating a whole, you know, Cytos and University about this, this very topic because it's becoming more so popular nice. so i want to share uh, you know my side of the story because i've gone through all this you know um you know colleagues cooking right. up the stories and then going to the branch manager sharing that story. look what shade is doing maybe you know it's crazy thing right so we're talking about back in 2013 right, right. so i have walked through those you know stories and then another good quality of leaders is that you don't believe you know a third person story and that's exactly what happened with me right so at that time that manager actually called me up mm, so right. you know we wanted to just uh, you know talk about it right so we talked very freely very openly uh so he said what is it that you know um this side is all about because he also didn't understand so so i said you know i actually started uh hosting a conference in my field because i want to advance this field i'm so passionate about it and the benefit i told him that Mm -hmm. You know, going to this conference where 20 different experts are coming from all over North America and I'm the host of it. Don't you think that I'm going to walk away from so many new knowledge that then I will get back, right? Sure. At, at work and he definitely yeah. Yeah. saw the benefits of it. And once he understood that it's a conference I hosted on the side, nothing to do with that. So he said, you know, I, I just wanted to be clear about it so that I don't, you know, make up a judgment because, you know, somebody's complaining about you and your, your side as So we just had one conversation and that's it. And then seven years went by, nothing. Right? Because he understood that, right? But right. again, you know, people will go through these struggles. Like colleagues will cook up a story. You know, there will be always somebody, right? And then if the leader is not mature enough or, sure. you know, is not of that, you know, every leader is different, right? Then you may have a really bumpy road. You don't know. Right. right. So these are the, some of the struggles that, you know, people will need to, you know, kind of, you know, go through. Some uh, will be, uh, you know, favorable. Others may not find favorable. Depends on who, you know, they have as their leaders. Well, I appreciate what you're saying because I've I've been thinking about that recently and the whole side hustle. It's more along the lines of how can we help corporations and leaders in corporations understand that it's okay and not just okay, I think, you know, if you have an employee and they have a side hustle, it's not a distraction from their work. It actually shows you that they have a whole other set of passions and, you know, drivers. And, and so, you know, how do we support that? 
Um, and I, I have a feeling I'm going to see that on one of your top talent agendas coming up in the future. Uh, or maybe it's no, a no, whole, no. Whole, whole conference on the side hustle. No, no, for sure. And that's the thing. That's why, you know, we're, we're just, uh, uh, we created that uh, Financial Freedom Conference. You know, that's exactly based on this. Sure. Is, uh, you know, a little bit of, like, how do you create that sense of, you know, financial freedom that you have? It can come from your work. It can also come from your side hustle. And, it, it, you know, everyone's story is different, Chris, right? And then there are so many different ways to, you know, get what you want. Um, and that's another thing is been so fascinating to me, uh, you know, learning from different people and their stories and exactly what you're doing on this podcast. Um, very soon you'll see that, you know, so many people are so successful in so many different ways, you know. Um, and uh, so this is this is really exciting uh, to kind of see what, what, what's in the store for, you know, folks who want to try new things. Yeah, absolutely. Any final words of wisdom to uh, to people listening? I would say, uh, you know, it's always trial and error, I would say, you know, um, I would say have a dream, you know, it's it's sometimes not so much talked about, but have a dream or, or vision of life also outside of work. Uh, and one of the main reasons, you know, we moved out of, again, you know, to Malaysia because we used to travel a lot and used to love it in you know, different countries and so on and so forth. So really the vision of life that I had, you know, when we'll be reaching 40 and, and beyond is, you know, travel more, right. right? So that was one of the goals that we had. And and so if you have that vision also, then you can work towards your life vision, just like work vision, you know? Um, so have a vision, whatever that is, however way you feel that it brings fulfillment to you. Because end of the day, you know, if we're happy, and that's what I love, love about Gary Vaynerchuk is, is really been teaching this lately is that just be happy whatever it is you know that makes you happy right so figure out what makes you happy and um, you know whatever that is then start working um, you know towards that goal and hopefully you know you'll find that uh, fulfillment and happiness uh, in your life well fa- fantastic words of wisdom and you know it's, it's a big world so there's lots to see so Shahid, thank you so much for um, for being on the podcast, and and thank you for you know being a risk taker and doing the things that you do, and you know and creating opportunities for people. So so great to have you. Okay, awesome, Chris. Thanks so much. So this has been Leadership Three Hundred and Sixty with my guest Shahid Wazid. Join me again for more inspiring stories about leadership from real people. The Leadership Three Hundred and Sixty podcast is sponsored by the Leadership Academy. You're a trusted partner in leadership development from coaching to consulting and on-site facilitation. Please visit our website, theleadershipacademy.ca.